scare anybody here but we're back took a little break um we didn't pod last week uh gage and i were on vacation uh doing stuff gage went to new york i went to ocean city so here we're on baltimore uh new york city live from baltimore new york city it's the art pros and we're we're back you know us you love us yeah. if you don't get off the podcast so just kidding you might know us as the Paid artists, paid dot artists on Instagram. If you don't, you're more than welcome to follow us. We're we're really smooth. Um, we spend a lot of time working on these podcasts. Yeah, so, every day. Go ahead, check us out. Go on to the website artprospodcast.com. We got some posts up and write stuff sometimes. So, anyway. Yeah, you want to get you want to get the real down low. You want to know what's happening with the art pros. Uh, you know, check out our website. Donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash artprospodcast. Sorry, that's enough shilling for today, although we should. We have some thank yous to put out there. All right. First, firstly, I want to say a big thank you to two contributors recently. We got my buddy Jeff Crawford. Thank you, Jeff. And Herbie. Herbie, you should check. Uh, Herbie is a musician, so you should check out his stuff. He's called Boy Meteor. Uh, it's on Spotify. Jeff makes some work too, right? Jeff's an artist, um, and I don't, it's like big L-I-G-A-N-D-S on Instagram. Big.Legans. Big.Legans. Yeah. <laughs> um, both of them are really sick. I don't know them personally, but shout out to you guys. Thanks for checking out the pod. Uh, you know, all that, every Patreon donation goes into formulating this great work of avant-garde fiction slash fact art prose podcast <laughs> and and every dollar goes into spackling another hole in the studio i mean it's we get really hyped after every episode and sometimes we accidentally punch a big hole in the drywall so. I, get, I get so angry that my voice wasn't as smooth as it was the last week Renz and I have like punching contests to see who can one punch a hole the fastest, hardest. So Gage got all the way to like the inside part of his elbow one time, and I'm trying to catch up to that. Yeah, so it ruined the studio. And and those of you who are artists, <laughs> that's you, not funny. You, <laughs> you you'd understand that um, having your studio is a really important part of your practice. It's your dojo. It's your your spot. You know. And those of you who aren't artists, maybe you have a studio of your own. You have like the bathroom where you do your makeup or you have like your garage where you where you cry alone every day. Um, I'm laughing because it's true. Yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> uh, studios come in all shapes and sizes and serve many purposes. But I, it's inarguable that for, for a lot of artists, a studio is is the lifeblood of their practice. It's the body of of their christ you know yeah you know everybody always says your studio is your temple just like your body so your your body is your studio so if it's a big old mess in there that's probably what your body looks like inside yeah i mean some people keep a clean studio um the art pros obviously have an immaculate space i'm looking around there's only one set of of dirty clothing there's only two two pairs of dirty boots i don't see a problem in here yeah there's a perfectly decent amount of paint splat spattered everywhere that's not a mess to me that's like hard work that's blood sweat and tears you know like you can't come home from the gym pristine yeah. looking like dry clothing um no no sweat no stench coming from from your regions that doesn't <laughs> happen when you work hard so uh Renz, do you have a studio i kind of do i mean it's an extra room in our beautiful uh two-bedroom apartment in the heart of charles village so yeah you got a sick yeah. studio yeah yeah yeah. i mean i live in johns hopkins so uh, okay yeah cool so do you think uh 
Do you, do you think your studio is important? Do you use it a lot? I think it's important because I do. I don't use it as often as I'd like to, but when I need to do some work and get focused and sit down and be in, in, in the zone, I'm in there. I got the door kind of closed. I got some tunes pumping. I got paper in front of me, the blank slate that is representative of my mind and me, that blank that blank piece of paper, canvas, and I, we have a little bit of a dialogue together <laughs> and be like, all right, what do we want to show, canvas? What are we trying to show today? Yeah. So, like, like a lot of people in the art world, they have studios. They got cool, it's a cool spot. It's the flex. Like, you bring, you know, the studio is, as much as it is your dojo, it's also, like, your living room where you got to have artist friends over so you can flex how cool you are like yeah. hey man look i'm working with concrete yeah but i'm also working with uh with a uh, you know old old uh raggedy and dolls just to show a little bit of something about capitalism or yeah. whatever yeah maybe you might run into a friend's studio and they got toenail clippings in a jar yeah <laughs> See, i've been collecting these from uh my childhood home and this is going to be my next art about the body so. <laughs> yeah it's like kind of like a performance but it's also like a completely um insane sort of <laughs> obsessive compulsion i have and i just figured why not try and get paid for both yeah that's a good way to make sure things are ephemeral is if you use real life body parts kind of you know yeah i don't i don't think toenails dis decompose though Perfect. <laughs> Yummy. You know, you also want to have some cool stuff around your studio so when someone visits, they can ask you questions about it. Like, for some reason, I could just be like, it could be somebody walking around my studio looking at a painting, and while they're turned around, I could go, <laughs> with my cool new slide whistle. And they'll be like, wait a minute, what's that? Yeah, yeah boom. And then people will be like, oh, you're so quirky. You're you're interesting. I, I'm, I'm When I came into your studio, I was just expecting to see a bunch of cool art. I didn't know I would realize that you're also a cool guy. Yeah, you know, sometimes your color field paintings don't really represent the complexity and depth of your personality, you know? Yeah, sometimes you have to put on a one-man play at, at the street corner um, where you ask for money because <laughs> you're really hungry. Or better yet, you perform your best performance in the studio as you get that crit. That's your that's that's your performance right there. Now, see, a lot of people don't think of getting created as performance art, but a lot of the time it is because that's when you got to cross your arms, <sighs> exhale like that, and give your best bullshit example uh, uh, explanation of what the heck you're making. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you'll have someone come in. They'll be like, "Oh, let me do a studio visit because I got to yeah. flex how big my brain is." And then you're you're like, "Oh yeah, that'd be so sick." And all yeah. you're thinking is like, "Nah, time for me to flex how big my fucking brain is." It's a whole big. It's like a big anime brain flex off. A yeah, bit. and you you got you got this this person, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we run like a, a group show space that's kind of like also a garden, and you know, it's in the heart of Brooklyn." Um, yeah. So let, let me come check out your art, and they're just like, you know, I really appreciate how uh, how many cowboy hats you put in your paintings. <laughs> like, I think you know, cowboy hats are really in, and it's just it says a lot about like Amer American materialism, and like you know, the cowboy was never really like the cowboy hat brand is like the first you know branding that you know like whatever. And you're just sitting there, you cross your arms, and let me hear that sigh again, Renz. <sighs> yeah, you bust out one of those because they didn't get it. Because they're too fucking stupid. And that's how everyone knows that you're really cool in your studio. Because you have to then explain to them, no, the cowboy hats are actually about little Oz, little, bleh, little Nas X coming out as gay. Do you even know what La Says Fair is? Yeah. That you, you can, you know? Yeah. Do you know, do you know what free market capitalism can do? Uh, excuse me. This painting is about the French Revolution, not cowboy hats. You see, and then they're like, "Oh shit, I I don't know about the French Revolution," and they're you probably not gonna call your bluff. No, and don't because... worry. The the three people that they brought with them to show those people that they're really cool and they go to studios. One guy's gonna pop out of the corner and be like, "Dude, I totally got that. I just didn't want to say anything." Oh right, right. The French Revolution, like, uh, and then they'll explain, and then you just nod your head and act like you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's, and then you're in the clear. Crit, successful, performance, successful. Crit nailed. You got yeah. it. Yeah. And that's just one great thing that can happen in a studio. Sometimes people make music in their studios, though. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like with a cool slide whistle or something. And I mean, <laughs> the studio is just an empty room until you get in there. You know what I mean? I actually, Bring in whatever you need. I actually think it's really interesting that like someone's studio is kind of like, um, it's like their blank canvas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, uh, some people like to uh, do these, I guess, I don't know what kind of technique it is, but it's like a visualization technique. And you basically imagine, I guess it's for like angry, like people with uh, angriness or anxiety. Like you imagine a, your, your temple, your studio, your dojo in your mind, and then you deck it out however you want. And this is your place to go. And you go in there and then that's where you meditate. Kind of like Neo and Morpheus in the Matrix when they plugged in and they started fighting. Yeah. I guess it's kind of, I don't know if that's really, <laughs> but anyway. Well, when you took the red pill, mm -hmm. did you did you wake up in an artist studio? Well, I actually took both of the pills. Oh, yeah. So now I'm kind of fucking confused. Dude, being purple-pilled is hard. Purple-pilled? Is that real thing? Uh, what does yeah. that mean? Um, is it in pop undecided? culture, it's like people who have taken both the red pill and the blue pill. So those of you who don't know what the red pill is, it's like this whole... Uh, it's kind of like a toxic ideology of like everything's fucked up and we live in like a clown world. And then the blue pill is like accepting like mainstream media, like morality. So like basically the red pill is um, I would I would align it with like the alt rights uh, sense of morality. Um, so the idea that there's like differences between different ethnicities and like that nationalism is is a net positive and that like feminism is a cancer and then the blue pill is you know the the opposite more progressive uh version of that where it's like you kind of adopt like media morality where like everyone's the same and iq doesn't matter and all that stuff and then the purple pill is people who like are inclined to believe in the red pill but also care more about the ethics of of you know treating people equally and all that how come people gotta pick teams so much all the time like it's deterministic based off that i mean i get it it's good to be belong in a group but that just sounds like a different time frames democrat and republican party you know how it's kind of sure. evolved over time well it's it's like way way more dangerous because it's not like a sports team yeah thinking it's it's like like, you know, because the Democrat-Republican thing that's like, oh, yeah, I like The Undertaker. No, 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 I like John Cena. It, <laughs> like, whereas, like, Red Pill, Blue Pill, like, is so much more fucked up because it's just, like, this underlying operating system for your for your politics. Yeah, and, I mean, there's a different sense of accountability in it because all you might be accountable for is getting downvoted for <laughs> yeah, on the doing internet. a bad <laughs> opinion on Reddit. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's true, though. We're not pilled at all. I think we're just really dumb. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with it too. Yeah, I don't want to like boast about my intelligence because um, I'm I'm not. <laughs> Why don't you guys come down to the Art Pros studio and give us a crit and we'll show you just how big our brains are. Did you even realize that this podcast is actually about um, uh, the criminal justice system in Hawaii? Yeah, yeah, interns. You get it. You get it. You guys are big brained like us. Fucking galaxy brains. We're going to have to put way more art up here to cover all these holes that we punched. Yeah, after this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting too amped up every episode. All right, so studios are right, well and done. If a lot of people who make their living making art need a studio, mostly because you don't want to die of uh, like oil fumes in your house. So a lot of people will go out and they'll buy a studio or they'll they'll rent like a warehouse space and and those of you who live in cities where there's a lot of um, cultural change where like you kind of notice that the hood is getting a little nicer and and more cafes are popping up and maybe a warehouse building is still a warehouse building but now it's like all painted white like those types of areas are building artist studios for artists to work in uh, for a little bit and then those artists get moved out because they can't afford the new super high rent after the rent got raised a little bit when they moved in. Um, but artists need studios to make work. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, you, you would think that, like, artist studios aren't that uh, integral to a city's landscape. But some some might disagree. What do you think, Renz? Hold on. I think I think we need to adjust this mic in the studio. I think you're fading away. See, like I'm that. Fading, I'm, like, I'm fading. I'm fading. A little fading away. 
Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I took the yellow pill. Goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. Did you take? Why did you take the yellow pill? I don't know. It's a different like, color. Yo, Morpheus, let me see what's in your pocket. <laughs> I know you got another pill in there, bro. He's like, what? This one? This one's just for incontinence, this, <laughs> bro. This is my allergy medication. I am allergic to all this whack shit I see in the art world these days. How come people don't do landscape paintings anymore, people? Because it's not cool enough, Gage. It's boring. It doesn't have a meaning. You don't think that uh you don't think that like a landscape painting um could could be about cowboy hats? Cowboy hat? Uh or or Bruce Springsteen and how he probably caused World War Four. Butterfly effect style. How all right, all right, all right, we're back. We're yeah. back. We're back. <laughs> yeah. And now back to the art pros. We're back in the matrix, everybody. <laughs> uh, sorry. What what was your question about? Like how important an art space is? Yeah, our art space is important to people who don't make art. Um, that's I think that's called an office. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's called an office. Yeah, offices are cool. They Be- got coffee machines. Because yeah, I'd say some some artists have coffee machines, Keurigs, whatever, uh, <laughs> French presses. They have French presses. So they can impress uh, people. Uh, some people do Turkish every, coffee. Some people. I mean, you put a you put a nation's name before anything, especially French. It sounds better. Yeah. Like Vietnamese coffee. Yeah. Ooh, goody. What's that? French coffee. French yeah. press coffee. You ever have a French plunger? What's it? It's fancy. It's made out dirty, of leather. Dude. No, it's made out of leather. Yeah, it does. It, it sounds kind of like a sex position, doesn't what it? What is a French? Plunger. It's just a regular plunger, but it's manufactured in France. It's and then it's made out of leather. Yeah, it's made that out of leather. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like bacteria <laughs> will just be like, you should be charging that rent, that uh, plunger rent for all the bacteria that's living on there. I mean, it's and it's suede too. It's not even like not even like uh, tanned better? leather. Does it like does the leather make the bacteria less aggressive? Does the leather ill? I think the idea is that real artists don't actually poop. We don't clog the toilet. No, because that's where you put the paint. Yeah, the paint water. Yeah, you just dump it right in there. <laughs> yeah, you want to poop in a, you know, real artists they poop in one of those uh, those tin things that they used to have in before everybody had a toilet. A bedpan. Bedpans. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those in my studio because when you're in the flow, when you're hitting all the moves you want to make on that painting or like getting some uh good work done on that sculpture you've been toiling away at do you really want to walk all the way to the bathroom and ruin your your your, yeah your groove no your groove no no you get yourself a bedpan you put it in the corner right close to where your uh toxic chemicals your turpentine is and you won't even smell it or you can pour turpentine in there yeah and just get yourself some free burnt umber yep there you go yeah that's how you do it I got an idea. Why don't we um design the perfect, the most ideal studio for the interns? Ooh, like, goody. yeah, it's a good yeah. one, right? Yeah. All right. So what, like, bare bones basics? What do we need first? I'm looking. I want some windows in there and yeah. a sink. Yeah, big windows and a sink. Does the sink like go anywhere, sink. or does an it go into the bedpan? Um. Oh, good question. Well, bed bedpan, and then sink, just in case. You know, I'm not gonna be wiping. I don't want to ruin. I don't want to waste time. <laughs> So it really doesn't matter where the bedpan is. Yeah. It could be anywhere, really. Away from my feet in case I step in it. Yeah. Or something like that. But definitely windows. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm looking for good windows. Nice, bright light. I'm thinking gray painted concrete floors. Gray's good. Yeah. Gray's gray. fine. Yeah, gray's good. It doesn't really matter floor. to me what color it is. No. You, what, what, what about white walls? White walls. I like I at least one. One or two. Yeah. That's not 100% important to me, but white's a good, like, neutral color. Yeah. yeah. But how, how high up are we in this ideal studio, would you oh, say? Oh, man. Um, no more than the second floor for me. I don't want to be lugging stuff up and down. Ideally, it'd be like a first floor warehouse looking thing. You yeah. Know? So you could just walk in, everything's there, and you can walk out. And Maybe a garage door. Definitely. Yeah. So you can get paintings in and out easy. Enough space yeah. to, like, park the truck in, right? Ooh, that'd be ideal. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So you can just pull in. With through the door and then that's be your loading zone. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm a sculptor, so I'm thinking that you'll need um like exhaust pipes, 
or uh you know like an air air filtration system for sure yeah for sure yeah and maybe probably a pretty good one hvac yeah like decent hvac you probably want ac because you're going to be in there a lot yeah yeah or i would want ac some people might not just to add to the effect of the art you know oh yeah the struggle yeah yeah yeah. like it may be an eight thousand dollar a month uh studio in brooklyn but you know people still need to know you struggle through that no ac yeah you know nigel said a lot of art these days is about pain and if you really want to express that you want to be living somewhere with no ac yeah that's just a tip to you free for free yeah interns you don't even need to donate to the patreon for that i mean that's cool yeah i don't you know what what about tool wise? What 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 should they get before they start their career as a budding artist? Right, right, right. So you're gonna need to have something before you go into this space. So you definitely need a drill. Some people call it a screw gun. Which is a little <laughs> weird to me. Who the fuck calls it a screw Some gun? Some people, older people, older oh, okay. people. I think. Um, I've heard. I've heard. Driver. Drivers. <laughs> that's like a manly one. You know? oh, okay. Like, but a little oblique. So. Uh, I suggest you guys get get both a a drill and a hammer driver, and they look exactly the same, but the hammer driver mm-hmm. is like three times as strong. They got some that are like smaller looking than drills, but does you know? You tell that you go to the dude at Home Depot with that, and they'll be a little bit impressed. But you know, might ask you some more questions if you you know, just look it up if you don't want to be embarrassed by the Home Depot guy. Yeah, so you you want a full like four by eight size table saw, one of the ones that that it's called a quick stop. So if it touches something that conducts electricity, it stops the blade immediately. You won't even get cut if you put your hand into it. Mmm. Uh, for a space like that, definitely a table saw. Yeah. If you got the space to put it in. Oh, we're I, talking about ideal, like ideal. That like, is definitely a router. Yeah. You yeah. want a router. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. So uh, you could probably get away with like a table, like just like a regular handheld router. But if yeah. you can afford a CNC router, yeah, you'll definitely. Okay, so I, I want to stress the interns. This clamps. is clamps. Yeah, <laughs> you probably need some clamps. clamps. This is a st- this is a studio for someone who wants to be able to make and produce things for for any type of like like art related. Like if you want to make money building things for people or doing like maybe even like paintings at the at the high fine art scale this is the type of studio we're talking about oh yeah yeah so you need clamps you want both like i think it's called a french clamp no no no. i'm thinking of a boulevard clamp that's for fences a boulevard clamp yeah Whoa. <laughs> Damn. you want like the cool wooden clamps that have two they have two handles and it's basically like long bolts attached to handles so you can kind of angle the clamp teeth and you also want like the metal clamps the regular metal clamps like that you've C, seen. Yeah. C-shaped clamp. Yeah, regular C. You're talking C about clamp. the ones that are shaped like a letter F, right? Yes. And then there's two like metal pieces and you like kind of can slide them up and down and yeah. stuff. So yeah, those are those are very good. Every good studio or woodworking shop or whatever needs clamps. Yeah. And, and wood glue. Yeah, you need a lot of wood glue. You'll be going through wood glue like crazy. This is, a, you know, a lot of you may already know this. Like, yeah, yeah, I know that gauge and wrens. Like, tell me something I don't know. But... Let me tell you something you might not know. You you might want to be refreshing your memory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you might need a propane tank. Yeah. You probably want a propane tank because sometimes you got to heat stuff up and keep it sometimes evenly heated. You got to grill. Yeah. Sometimes you're you know working so long that you got to grill. You forget you 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 forget you needed to eat twelve hours ago because you've been working on this dope sculpture of um the Mona Lisa's dad. Yeah. 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 Mona Lisa. <laughs> Uh, you, you'll want you'll want um, sawhorses. Sawhorses are essential. So right now on our checklist, we have about fourteen thousand dollars worth of tools to to get started for a studio where you can really make like start to make like a a, a five figure income yeah. doing just art. Yeah. Um. Let's see. You're gonna want a circular saw, a jigsaw, basic stuff. You know, hammer wrenches that's another 400 bucks yeah Yeah. monkey wrench you'll probably want a full um hex hex key set along with like bolt cutters Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe a tig welder because that can pretty much weld anything you need and then with the propane tank you can bend any metal you want to bend with and and do any type of oxyacetylene cutting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um we probably want an oxyacetylene uh setup too Okay, so now we're we're getting we're getting 
uh, more specific here. You're okay. You, you're gonna want a miter saw. Yeah, it's different than a table saw because that can like make angled cuts. It's attached to. Uh, you can attach it to a table, or it could come with its own table. Yeah. So you want to do a regular ninety degree cut. You don't want to be cutting. If you got to do 40, 50, 90 degree cuts just to you know build some walls for for a for a gallery space. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not gonna want to do that by hand with a with a regular handsaw, no, no. an American handsaw or no. a Japanese handsaw. Yeah. Either one. I recommend the Japanese handsaw because sometimes you'll want to do like like half laps and like more complicated wood joinery if you've got maybe like a fancy fancy table job you're working on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to make some uh some new stretched canvases. Get yourself a miter saw so you can cut tons of 45-degree angles very accurately. Yeah. Want to make some panels, go over to your table saw that we just recommended and make some panels, whatever shape you want, really. Oh, no, no or studio. Or whatever size. No full-service studio is complete without a sewing machine. Sewing machine's a good idea, too. Yeah, if you can get an industrial sewing machine, get that. It'll help you sell, uh, sew sails. It'll help you sew leather, like anything you need to sew. Yeah. Yeah, you can make yourself your very own apron yeah. so you don't get any nasty stuff on you. Maybe a 3D printer, you know, just a, a cheap one, just because just you want to fuck around with it. For, yeah, I mean, hey, yeah, look, we're talking about ideal here. Yeah. Yeah, get yourself a French press, too. I know it sounded yeah. like we were talking <laughs> shit about it, but it really does make superior coffee. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's actually cheaper to run, too. It's pretty simple. Yeah. You just push coffee grinds in a, well, hot some hot water. Maker. Yeah. 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 No big deal. Yeah. Get yourself a box of paints, whatever, whatever you need to draw. You probably already have some, so just bring that. And then probably yeah, like no like brainer. fifty, sixty dollars worth of hardware to hang or to screw things together. You need the hardware. Maybe forty dollars of hardware per project. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even get a uh uh air compressor, uh shop vac. Uh oh, and to go with your air compressor, a nail gun. You'll need a broom and a swiffer. And you'll yes. probably be replacing those a lot because you have about six, at least, at least sixty square feet. Yeah, <laughs> that's not even a that swiffer. big. Yeah, a push broom. Yeah, at this level, you might want a push broom. We're talking about twelve hundred square feet of space that you're gonna need to have like a full running shop to do do art projects. Well, that's what fifty grand. Yeah, fifty, sixty grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of going to school. Like we yeah, did. Yeah, just spend that money on... You've gotten those 50 grand loan and gotten yourself the ideal studio. And then pay us to come and teach you how to use each of those tools. <laughs> for, no big deal. Yeah, for like... I'll, I'll do it for two grand. I will run you through how to use all those tools for about $2,000. So for $62,000 plus rent, you can have a full operating studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you buy the garage. You could buy, you could buy yeah, the garage. You could buy the garage. If you're out in the boonies, you could drop the yeah, rest of dude. your uh, college paycheck on, on the garage. There you go, man. 180 grand, 200 grand. No big deal. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so the, the reason why, I, part of the reason I wanted to bring all this up, aside from just like drooling over the thought of this fucking sick studio space, um, is that when people hire an artist to make something for them, and then they want to lowball them or not pay them for three months. They take into consideration, all right, how long could that, you know, how long could that table possibly have taken? They're like, all right, and then I'll pay you a little extra for design fees. They don't even take into account these overhead costs, which are incredibly expensive. Mm -hmm. So here's a tip to all of you interns. Make sure you get fucking paid for your work. This shit ain't cheap. It's not easy. And if you're thinking about going into fabrication, like building things for people or making your own sculpture, keep in mind to compete with large firms, huge design firms. You know, places like like Hollywood have have studios set up like that with like 10, 20 people working on it, working in it. Keep in mind that this is the type of, that's the level and scale of competition you'll be facing. Yeah. And it's all about valuing yourself as a productive business person or a business entity as well oh don't forget maintenance oh man maintenance yeah, you gotta maintain all these fucking tools and shit too yeah so that's time right there yeah and when you mentioned that buyers don't take into account all of the cost associated with these tools i don't think a lot of artists really do they just buy it one time and yeah. be like now i have it yeah but if you added up all of those tools you already have right now that's thousands of dollars of stuff Add up the skills and hours that you used to study and get good at it so that that dude with money can 
have something that he doesn't know how to make. Yeah. Because he spent all his time doing math. Yeah, fucking dweeb. Oh, <laughs> I don't get it. Artists don't do math. <laughs> those those 90, uh, 90 degree angle cuts we made, I don't even know why. See? <laughs> I don't what even is know how a many degree? That is. What is a degree? What is that? Uh, something you put under your armpit so it doesn't smell bad? I for sure have not used mine. So <laughs> all I'm saying is you don't even need math. There's this awesome thing called a calculator. Most phones have it. You can just look at the price online, add it up. How many thousands of dollars is that? And then you like kind of make up a number of how much you want you would want to work for every hour. I mean, it's up to you. Fifty dollars an hour, twenty-five dollars an hour. Think about it. And then you just you just figure out. All right, I got this client. I think I'm worth this much. And then the tricky part is negotiating. You know, using your people skills. Uh, do what you got to do to get yourself comfortable on that level to talk and 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 make an agreement. Wait, what are those? I, people skills? Did, yeah, school didn't teach me that. People skills. It's basically like um, the the skills required not to crap your pants and like <laughs> well, uh, hyperventilate why... <laughs> when you're in front of somebody and and they're looking at you, trying to look at you in the eyes, but you're looking left, right, up, and down at whatever. Well, then what's the bedpan um, for? Oh man, that's like <laughs> I don't. I cannot. I'll, unfortunately, I cannot always bring that with me everywhere. So, so Renz has a very people-oriented job, and he can tell you he's in the art world. Like, that is number one probably for making money move to artists, right? I say so. Yeah, doesn't matter how good you are. No, and that's you know, being able to talk with people is. Probably the most difficult part about making money as an artist because you have to. Yeah. You can run around and collect grants all you want, but that's a finite pool of funding. And those fu- that funding is really designed to get you off of your feet yeah, in the started. first place. Yeah. So. And I also think that I would imagine those, that those grant committees aren't looking forward to giving a shit ton of money to the same person or type of person over and over and over again no that they're not designed to you know continuously grant you money it's a one-time thing usually some grants are which will maybe grant you more money every year aren't very sustainable because you know what are you gonna do with a grand a year so really either you figure it out how to conduct yourself as professionally as possible with what you get from these grants or you know you just kind of do it on the side and hope you can keep making art while also making rent. Yeah. So it's a hard part about it is meeting these people and you can't do that without getting out there. But you might say to yourself, well, Renz, Gage, I'm an art professional and I just have like a little 10 by 10 studio down at a Clipper Mill. You know, I just make paintings and I, and I sell them, um, you know, at art, various art markets and stuff. Uh, you know, you guys are painting a pretty apocalyptic picture of what it's like to be like a sculptor, and I'm not a sculptor. And to you, I say, congratulations. Good job. Shout out to you. How many people in your studio building can do the same thing uh, sustainably? Probably pretty difficult. Isn't it? Yeah. <coughs> that's, the, that's the key challenge here is sustainability. Because with that, you got to juggle your emotional stability, your stability and consistency of keeping on making your work while fighting that little voice in your head that says you suck. And then it's that challenge again of, oh shoot, how do I sell this work and how much do I sell it for so I can keep having this dope 10 foot by 10 foot studio. I don't feel bad because your studio is 10 foot by 10 foot and you don't have a sunroof and, and a big old table saw and a french press and a french press because that's you know the 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 keyword for that is the word yet you don't have that yet yeah because if you keep going and if you stay uh on top of things if you keep making art you'll need to get some storage space yeah. how much does that cost <laughs> per month friends <laughs> it could cost upwards to 300 dollars or 150 to 200 dollars per month what, or, about, what about all the packaging 
oh, to package man. art you to need, keep it safe yeah, to sell yeah, in the future. You need, you need yourself. Uh, be a, I highly recommend getting a climate controlled. Yeah, climate controlled. That's gonna space. be those two hundred dollar <laughs> ones. Uh, you're gonna need some bubble wrap, some tape. Yo, shout out to my yeah, internet artists yeah. who just make shit on their computer, and that's, that's all. The they, move that's all they need right there, man. <laughs> yeah, I just do animations. I just I don't need any of this shit. You guys are fucking Dude. stupid. No, man. Oh my god. But animations take so long. Yeah, and then that's fucking time. That's still time, though. So what's the golden animation studio? Do you need a sound room set up, too? Not necessarily. The golden animation studio is a nice ergonomic chair, a big old screen, so you can, you know, you don't need to manage so much of your screen real estate by moving windows around. You need a nice tablet. What about, like, and three t- screens? Time. Three screens, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah, get one of those big old curved TVs. That'd be sick. So as curved a, monitors. As a small business owner, if you wanted to compete, with like major firms doing this stuff because like i in my opinion that's the ideal is having like localized artists who can produce things at the level that like coke could um for a competitive price Mm -hmm. if you wanted to be an animator competing with like major animation studios maybe you're not doing fucking pixar movies but you're doing like two minute commercials instead of those getting sold to like hollywood it's like all right we're gonna hire this guy and maybe three other people like what's the ideal the ideal setup, or yeah. like, what would be your like? Because Renz is a really famous animator. Um, I mean, low key, he worked with Soldier Boy. I did not work with, Soulja <laughs> Boy. but he was on the same animating forums as I for a while, and he would put out his like phone number and information and stuff, and it was pretty funny. Because people up. would like, yeah, people would like prank call him and stuff. Yo, I got this idea. We're gonna make a we're gonna make a, a game system. <laughs> no, he was he was actually making animations. That's sick. He was making little uh, video game sprite animations. That's cool. Yeah, and if you don't know what that is, audience, it's like he would download little kind of like 8-bit video game characters and just like animate them moving around and put text under it like it's like Final Fantasy or something. Yeah, think like uh, Mario. Like, oh, like OG Mario, how that character looks like. It's all pixely and whatever. Yeah. Anyway. What was I talking about? You don't need much to animate. You just need, like, a good enough computer, good ideas, something that's fast enough and efficient enough, and then you need to send it out. I mean, if you want to compete with one of those major things, you got to do that people-person type of thing because if you have this, like, a ton of people are as skilled animators independently as any of these companies that hire people with the same skill level. The difference would be um availability like they can go directly to you and talk to you directly about as a client what they want yeah freedom yeah you're calling your own shots as an independent animator you know you go through your creative director and say is this going to look good for our brand if we decide to make this for this person that's a whole other marketing thing you can do whatever you want as an independent person that's why that's that's one benefit of going through to an independent animator so if you want to have a nice functioning studio, it sounds like you need a, like an office, somewhere where you can meet people who may not be comfortable with the stench of of bo and bedpan. Pretty much. Yeah, you need somewhere where you can bring people and like, like, and a lot of places will do it, and they'll call it like a showroom. So mm-hmm. like, if you've ever gone to go buy like a toilet or like a a new closet, they'll have like a showroom that's nice and beautiful where they sell you stuff. And then in the if you go in the back, you'll see where it's all fabricated. Hmm. So you got to add that room and the amenities for that room to the cost of running a studio. Yes, this yeah. is all relevantly associated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Where are we at? We're talking about spaces, studio space. Why is it? <coughs> why it's useful? So you've sunk eighty thousand dollars into your studio. You know, you got a twelve thousand dollar computer to run that CNC router or to do your animations. Um, maybe you got hit up by a client to do stop motion, so you ended up buying a couple tools. So maybe you have a, a forty thousand dollar studio. Dude, why not hire a studio assistant or get an unpaid intern? And like, yeah, exactly. And like five years ago, you know, you moved into this warehouse space. Uh, the area is a little, a little um, sketchy, 
But, you know, in the past five years, you've noticed that the city, because of you and your artist friends, the city's noticed that this area is getting a little safer. They're putting more cops out there. There's more coffee shops. And you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, I'm, I'm making enough to get by. I, I can cover yeah. my 8000 a month uh, yeah. rent and my, my, my AC costs and my overhead and the maintenance. And I got to hire a guy to come fix yeah. the thermostat. And then, you know, the coffee shops are really nice, guys. They're really nice. You love going there. Mm-hmm. And then your mm-hmm. landlord comes around because you ended up not buy like why buy the warehouse like you know you could buy it next year, and your landlord comes around he's like, hey guys you've been you've been doing great, you know I've been great tenants, you really changed the neighborhood and uh, rent's gonna double. <laughs> uh, i'm out of here. I'm, yeah. moving, I'm moving farther. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to get pushed farther out, and now your clients. Instead of flying into uh, into BWI, they got to fly into DC airport, and they can't afford an Uber. And Uber costs a hundred bucks to come out to your studio because you're on the sticks. Not only that, your storage space, which the rent for your storage space didn't go up, but your storage space is now an hour away. Your truck can only hold three or four things at a time. You got to rent a U-Haul to move all that shit out. And what, that's and that's when you buy a Ferrari that's so when you, you can buy... drive really fast to your stu- <laughs> your your storage space. You, get you, back to your studio in time. One part of a painting at a time. Yeah, <laughs> one piece at a time. <laughs> um, and, and the reason I bring that up is because uh, you know this is a common occurring theme for artists and people. I mean, obviously people in general, but this is an art podcast, so we'll talk about we'll talk about art. It's a common theme that first an area that's dilapidated gets um a little bit fixed up by like artists who are investing in their future and by by locals who are investing in their future they kind of fix up a warehouse they're like all right like we can live here again and it, it gets because there's so much art so much culture starting to happen in the area then coffee shops and cool hip business owners who want to do like reclaimed wood um bar bar areas and like have mason jars with pickled <laughs> shit on the wall they start moving in you know to the warehouse next door and then they you know they're a lot prof- more profitable, and they're they're um, you know it's just capitalism. It's beautiful, and your rent goes up, and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Like I brought the culture out here. Like why why are you guys you guys get to profit off the culture because all these fucking non artists don't want to buy our products. They just wanna um they want to drink coffee near us because you can look at an art piece for free, and they're not expected to pay for it. And the so this is happening in Berlin. Um, whoa. Yeah. So about every year, 350 art studios have been closing for the past uh, seven years in Berlin. Um, every year, uh, artists are getting, are getting kicked out. Rents have doubled in just a decade as Berlin loses its reputation as a mecca for artists. So basically, after the Berlin Wall fell, a lot of people moved out to Berlin because it was kind of not a soup, like not the the most economically stable area. So they moved there kind of to just get their footing. It was cheaper to live in, and there's a lot of them there. Um, they took over a lot of vacant residential buildings and, and a lot of empty industrial sites because it was a lot cheaper. But now the job market is booming, and investors have increasingly crowded into Berlin, and it's put pressure on the property market. So about half of the 8,000 artists who reside in Berlin are fearful of losing their studios by 2021 and this happens and and artists don't prepare for that type of shit it's it's like i don't want to paint a stereotype of artists but a lot of times like we said you get all that studio ready and you're like fucking finally like i can just i can just work on my art like i can just you know sell my shit to my clients i can just build this thing i can just animate like here like i I, i've invested you know a hundred thousand dollars into this and then because of the fact that you exist and you're and you're adding to this culture, you are um, reprimanded by the economy for it. Because you contributed to the economy of, of your local economy, you are then pushed out by it. Yep, you can really use whatever use use whatever word you want, but at the end of the day, it, it's just it's money. Yeah. Yep resources and and a battle for for space and and cool coolness uh rep rep i don't know man what is it like it just sucks i don't even want to talk about it yeah so we're just saying interns before you make all this investment find rent that's about half what you what the max you would pay is and and move there 
<laughs> because it's gonna go up. Yeah. Especially if you're doing your job right, it's gonna go up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because that's happening around here, you know. Yeah. In a weird way. That's why I brought it up, and and like the I think that for those of you who aren't artists, like this is a story you've heard a million times. It's the story of the small business, like the small good business that like. Like, you know, you open up a, a pretty dope restaurant in kind of a sketchy area that's, that is designed to attract, you know, like, millennials. And then all those millennials start going there. So someone from a much bigger um, restaurant firm that maybe has, a, like, a lot of nice restaurants in the city that you're in but doesn't have restaurants in that area, they're like, oh, we're going to open a restaurant. We have all this extra capital. And they can afford the rent to go up, but you can't. Um, same thing with tool shops. You, you're in an area where a lot of people are handy. You got like a nice little like Bell's hardware, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, what, what's that? Well, we'll just go with home Depot. It's not home Depot. I'm thinking of Ace hardware, not Ace hardware. Well, Ace hardware is one that would go there. Uh, what's the super cheap one? They get all their stuff from China. Uh, Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um... I can't, I yeah, I bought Harbor a hammer. Freight. Yeah, Harbor Freight. Harbor I bought a Freight. hammer from there once, and it yeah. fucking bent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. Um, but you know, Harbor Freight moves in after Bell's has proved that, like, you know, there's actually a profit to be made in this nice little area in Baltimore. So, it, it's not just artists that are affected by this, but that's how I understand it. Like, that's how I understand the scope of of what happens. And and this isn't like the art pros being like fuck economic development like capitalism's fucked up like that's not what we're saying but we're just saying like you can't imagine a world where you can just get to make art unfortunately that's just not what we're in no i mean this is this is america you know there's a price for freedom you got to pay for everything and and that's what we have to sell yeah is this thing called freedom and the way to unfortunately become to have freedom is that financial security and i think that's what libertarians get mad about is like like i don't think they care that much about like socialism or anything i think they just get mad that they are losing more and more opportunity to buy freedom whereas yeah. like people on the left they don't want to have to buy it at all and then people on the right don't really care about having it yeah yeah so um they're like oh i don't want freedom i want to be comfortable and then people on the left they're like we deserve freedom regardless and then people in the middle are just like uh we want to still be able to buy the freedoms we want <laughs> yeah man it's tough so in my ideal studio i'd definitely have like some re- recreational stuff like a basketball hoop maybe oh yeah like like ski ball to keep you keep yourself from like offing getting the arcade yeah game in there uh maybe two maybe PlayStation for yeah, i'm gonna get a pool table yeah in your in your studio yeah it just turned into a pool hall it's probably more profitable <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we're a pool hall slash animation studio yeah, or uh, pool hall slash wood shop. Yeah. I have a buddy who was telling me about this laundromat slash beer and wine bar where, like, it's a laundromat in the front, and then in the back is, like, a full, like, pinball. Like, it's a shit ton of pinball and then beer and wine. Hey, that sounds like a perfect place for this new studio area that just popped up that we have to move out of now yeah. because Brent's doubling. Fucking Brent. Brent, why are you doubling, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Brent the landlord's doubling, right? Brent. Yeah, it's the bourgeois Du Bois Du Bois. What's up? <laughs> I don't know. All right, interns. Um, studio spaces are tough, but what's the importance of having one? You know, is there any? If if you don't want to make money off of being creative, like, do you need one? And and I would argue, yeah. I think that every person should have a form of studio space. If you open the the definition a lot wider. Yeah, it's you gotta be professional and if you don't have an office then you're just not as much of a professional than that person with an office unfortunately or with a designated space to work you have to intentionally decide that this is where i make my work i mean it's nice you can make work at home in your bedroom but how imagine how productive and efficient you would be in there versus having your own space for it i mean if that was more of a studio than a bedroom, then that might work. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just where you sleep yeah, it's just at the bed. same time. Yeah. Um, but people have varying levels of dedication. Yeah. And I, I think that um, you can look at it like, let's say what you're interested in is being healthy, exercising. You know, 
it's going to work better if you have a home gym or maybe you have a gym you go to. Maybe you like to run outside, but you know, you can't run outside every day of the year. That's not the only exercise you can get if your if your medium is your body. Yeah. And what's interesting is that artist studios are taking the 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 gym concept or maybe it's it's been like that before. Maybe artists did it first. But you know how like mm. people, you know, some people have home gyms, but most people have a gym that they go to. Yeah. Well, in Baltimore the same sort of things popping up where it's like like they instead of having their own studio with their own tool set they go to what's called like a maker space like openworks you go there and they have all the tools you need and you just pay like a monthly subscription fee mm -hmm. so and and it's cool because like just like the gym you have a place where where people who are like-minded who have similar goals but not the same can all go and exchange ideas like hey bro like you should curl this this way or like have you tried <laughs> this exercise or i can teach you how to sew this or i can show you how to bike like more efficiently to to burn more calories or i can show you how to like burn more trees so that you can make cooler paintings bro like <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's essential to to that sort of thing because of the sense of community really that's you know you go to the gym and that's that's where you get your daily dose of people people time yeah um if you have a home studio you obviously wouldn't get that unless you have a bunch of friends coming over all the time and having a studio in a larger building where yeah. other people share it you know a lot of people love that and i think it's the same a similar benefit as having a school environment studio space yeah that's why i think it exists and works well because it's it it's great it's yeah. great to have input from other peers because otherwise you're just looking at your own paintings and getting your own input from yourself which only goes so far well let's say you're getting that sweet crit you got like a dope gallery owner in, in your studio but your your huge brain scared them off like you kind of proved how smart you were you're like yeah man this is about the futility of existing and they're like oh shit i never thought about that and, you know so they don't want to show your work necessarily they're like all right we're gonna come back in like a few months but they're walking down the hall and you know my buddy brent he's like in a studio and he he He's got a like you know really dope sculptures about like how children used to play in playgrounds and now they play on their phones, and like <laughs> the gallery owner is like oh I totally get that I'm gonna I'm gonna I want that in my gallery and then boom like they can start networking and that you know that could happen to you too maybe Brent brings a gallery owner who like wants to do a show about the futility of 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 existing with a smartphone or whatever the fuck I said ten seconds ago and they come and they talk to you and you have a show and like like those places are somewhere where you can network and make business connections um totes but you don't have the freedom and the agency that you want with your own studio like i like you know you can't have a bedpan in there i mean you just got to hide it well from brent yeah why do you want to hide your bedpan from brent dude because brent's gonna give me shit for it literally yeah but because, you, i mean you can give him shit for it yeah <laughs> that's what i'm gonna do yeah throw shit yeah. against i don't want to have to do that to brent you know yeah and if you're really experimental like we were talking about like two episodes ago and you want to flip boogers against the wall like people might people who are smaller brained than you who aren't as uh progressive in the <laughs> art world may see what you're doing and, and talk shit about you behind your back in one of those videos mm -hmm. but that's something you gotta face yeah stuff I, I would say that if you're an artist who like really wants to do the gallery art scene it is important that you have your own private space but it's also important you have like quote unquote like communal showroom like somewhere where you can work in and you can meet people like even if it's just for show i think that that would be um really functional like go get a, a studio you know for like 300 bucks a month and share with a couple people and show up every now and then with some art and it'll probably help you a lot more than working on making the best art of your life Yep, because you need those people to tell you what's good and what's not about it. And that's a big part of being an artist is being able to talk about that stuff and think about it and crit yourself via other people's crits of you. I mean, we were talking about starting a podcast studio where we could rent out like little four by four rooms to people and they could podcast every day, all day. If they want. Yeah. Or, or just, do other recordings. Yeah, or just make weird noises like... Yeah, you know. come and do ASMR. Like... Yeah. Teacher... <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be in a room where that's what, you know, that's the noise coming out of the door? Yeah, all day, every day, just that one noise. Imagine seeing a little building and you don't really know what's inside because, I don't know, maybe there's like a curtain up or something like that. Or just one curtain. Glass. <laughs> and every day you walk by this door and, and you just keep hearing, you just hear this all the time. 
like, some, anyway. of it, some of our interns are art students are going to become art students. And I want to offer a word of advice. Art students who are going to become artists? Yeah. Or, you know, people just going to a regular school. Make oh, sure you okay. find a place where you can work. Like, like a lot of people will use a library or they want like a room with a desk. But if you're an artist, it's really important. It should be important that you go to a school where you have a space, where they give you a space. And I would actually take that over a nicer name on your degree. Yeah. So before I went to, uh, I, I transferred into art school from community college. And one thing that I really, really love about that situation was that at my painting instructor at community college, I took so many painting classes that eventually he would just let me come whenever I want and like set up in this one corner and we had lockers so I kept a lot of my stuff and most of my paintings in there so I would just show up and paint in the corner while he was doing another class sometimes yeah he would just let me stay there all day sometimes so it was awesome yeah yeah and that's important that you like kind of scope that out and I think if you if you study other things like like uh like let's say you're a computer programmer or something like you should find a place where you're allowed to hang out and like kind of stretch yourself out farther than your body. And I think that's really what a studio is, is a space to stretch your creativity out beyond your limbs. Yeah, yeah. You want to have a space for yourself to think, you know? Having a space with too many distractions, maybe you're working in your room and you got your TV on. It's it's not as, it's not easy, y'all. You know, not everybody can do that. I'm not going to make that work. shack sculpture out of uh, congealed mayo unless you have that studio space. No, it's going to be hard. It's gonna see, you know, if you want your bedroom to smell like congealed mayo, <laughs> you think that's okay? Yeah, we'll go for it. I don't think that's okay. Hey, look, if and some people have different practices. Like, if you need to crush a thirty pack before you can even put one stroke of paint on the canvas, like like Renz and I. Yeah. Then you know you need somewhere that has recycling. Oh yeah. Next yeah. to a liquor store. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about location. You know. Yeah. Make sure you're next to a lot of liquor stores because it's a lot harder for them to get. Um, so, like, if you're if you're in the throes of gentrification, you're worried about your studio, place yourself near a lot of liquor stores because <laughs> liquor stores make a lot of money. So it's hard for, for coffee shops to push them out. <laughs> it's really hard for coffee shops to push them out. Yeah. So you, you stay there. The liquor stores will keep the neighborhood kind of ghetto, and your rent will stay kind of low. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I'm just dropping the red pills for artists, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the Matrix. You're not going to get that Brooklyn Bushwick studio you wanted because it's going to cost you four grand a month. I don't know what type of income you expect to have out of school, but it's not going to be that. It's hard. You got to think about all this stuff. Or don't. Yellow. Yeah, or don't. But it's all going to come down to how you can uh, keep that stuff up. Yeah. You got to, uh, I don't know. You gotta sell your sell your eggs or something like that. Damn, true. Yeah, you know sometimes sometimes you gotta do some desperate measures. Yo, don't smoke. It'll make your sperm more valuable and your eggs. I think if yeah. you don't smoke, you can sell them for a lot more. Oh really? Yeah. So don't smoke cigarettes. Just vape. Yeah. Don't, don't tell anyone. Yeah, vaping is uh safer than cigarettes. Don't believe all this commercials. Yeah, don't. Yeah, <laughs> popcorn lung. What's that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna. I was just joking. Don't listen to my advice. Ever. Wait, we're always serious on the art pros. No, TM. No, no, not my advice. Get a cool studio name. Call it something like like Three Bolt Studios. Or uh, uh, I got nothing. Lightning Industries. Uh, Base it off of a comic book uh, um, company name. Uh, um, uh, what about uh, Studios? <laughs> uh, this is too much pressure, man. Yeah. This is like, you know, people are going to be judging you based off of our na- that name. And if it's not cool enough, they're not going to want to get a studio. But where's your studio at? Uh, studios. Uh, where 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 studios nah i don't know yeah come up with a nice single syllable name because it'll cost less to print business cards or something <laughs> uh the the studios the the studios at and then wherever you are yeah 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 and that kind of works for like 
any business. And then you just get a nice minimal setup and then, a, you know, some decent lighting. Well, realistically, if you're, like, in an area like Station North, which in Baltimore has a lot of, like, clout, and you called your studio the studio at Station North, like, it's already been branded. So if you're okay with that brand, you know, you save yourself some money on getting your, like, name recognition. Yeah, that's free. That's free sure. marketing right there. Yeah. People, that's some strong SEO. Yeah. If you get it up to that point. Yeah, true. If, if you, yeah, you have a good website. If for those of you who don't know, like, I, I don't, my mom probably knows what this is, but I'm going to say it for her anyways. Uh, search engine optimization, SEO. So, like, if you have a good website, but you're like, oh, I don't get enough traffic, you got to kind of just throw in some words that people would actually search on Google. So, like, don't be like, rake. Break your ma Lavonit Studios because no one's ever gonna search that on Google and accidentally come across your your studio. They'd have yeah. to look for that specifically. Yeah, or you can rent the smallest possible space imaginable, and then just do a VR studio. That'd be cool. Yeah, someone just walks into a closet. It's like a VR it's helmet. Literally a broom closet. Yeah, that'd be tight. And there's one person sitting in there with like a little iPad <laughs> on their phone, like, um, hey, hey. did you have an appointment? <laughs> be like, uh, no, I just uh, saw a big, nice, fancy sign outside, and there's a bunch of arrows directed me into here, and it's actually just a closet. Am I in the right place? And like, um. Did you look in our website? It's like, I don't know. I'm asking you. And then the attendant's just like, oh, yeah, this is the studio. And you're like, where's the art? And they're like, oh, um, well, it's a VR studio. To put the headset on. Yeah. Do you get motion sickness? <laughs> and then he does the warning and gives you like, uh, he or she can do the warning and gives you like a little paper to sign. Yeah. yeah. So just in case you give yourself a concussion while moving around with the VR.